This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. I love nights like this because I get to use this line. The Edmonton Oilers trying to commit a little regicide tonight as they take on the Los Angeles Kings. For your Simpson fans out there, you'll get that reference when Bart dialed 911 and got an automated system. And it said, if you know the crime being committed, please say it now or wait for this list. So he just mashed the keyboard and the voice said, you have selected regicide. If you know the name of the monarch being killed, press 1. The Oilers will try to take down the Los Angeles Kings. It is a late one. An 8.30 face-off will transform into the City Ford face-off show in one hour. That's going to be a fun one. Guests will include Rogie Vashon, former L.A. Kings goalie, recently inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. The Oilers have lost four in a row. The Kings are winless in four. They did scratch out a shootout loss point in Winnipeg the other night. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's Inside Sports on 630. Ched, Jay Onright coming up in half an hour, but we're going to kick it off tonight with Kelly Rudy from the NHL on Rogers and former Kings goaltender himself. Kelly, how are you doing, man? I'm fantastic. Reading yourself? I'm doing very well, man. It's it's great to have you on the show. Uh, you heard me promo Rogi Vashon coming yeah. up later on this evening, and I believe he was the, was he not the GM that traded for you? Yes, in fact, uh, he was. I, I mean, I, it was really cool for me to uh, be able to visit. I shared about I don't know half an hour, maybe longer, with Rogi last weekend in Toronto. So it was kind of nice. We're reminiscing and and doing a whole bunch of. Uh, you know, ch- chatting about our time and stuff. He's just such an awesome human being, and not only did he change my life in a positive way by making that trade uh, for me, or for me going from New York to L.A., but um, he, he was a guy that was really informative for me, and, and we always had some pretty open chats, and it was interesting for me. Uh, I didn't know really how trades went down, even though I was a part of one. I didn't really know how they work and so on, and so one time on an airplane flying back after a game he and I were chatting and so I I asked him to sort of break down a trade and how it all shakes out and and so on and and he was great telling me that basically uh for every single player on the team they just have discussions with every team in the league I had no idea I thought it was you know just hey I'm interested in this guy are you interested in giving him up or what would it take and it was way deeper than that. He basically told me they just go through the roster and, 
and figure out how he can make his team better. And it was a real eye-opener to me, knowing that, man, I had no idea they're constantly shopping you as a player and as a person. Yeah, that's incredible. So you, then you kind of felt like, I am always available. And, it, yep. and, and even if you're playing well, that maybe, maybe even you're more available when you're playing well. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, when uh, uh, you are a commodity and, and people are hoping that you can help their team, uh, they will. You'll be uh, asked lots of, you know, information. How is he playing? What's he like? All those sorts of things. So, you, I, after I was traded the one time, Reed, I got to tell you, I never once was comfortable uh, or felt safe. I always felt that uh, if it can happen once, and as everybody knows, if it can happen to Wayne and uh, people like Phil Esposito and others, it can happen to virtually every single guy at any moment. Well, another guy who uh, went into the Hall of Fame was traded twice on the same day to different teams before he even played a game in the NHL. That was, that was Eric Lindros. Obviously, the, the second half of your career overlapped with him. I know you played in a different conference, so there might have not been a lot of uh, head-to-head matchups. But, I mean, he was... Uh, Lindros was such a unique... I mean, we talk about Milan Lucic for the Oilers having that unique combination of size and some skill, but Lindros was that times... 10 to what Lucic or anybody is these days. Yeah, I didn't have many dealings with uh, Eric. Uh, and, and you're exactly right. Different conference. So we didn't play against each other very often. Or very often. But I do remember uh, and again, I this was going back to last week when Ron McLean came in and asked uh, uh, Elliot, Nick and I if we have any stories about uh, the two gentlemen that were coming in uh, for interviews. And mine with uh, Eric was I go back to his first year, I was 92-93, and uh, he, I don't believe he played, or maybe I didn't play in the first game that uh, our two teams met, but the last game, uh, and it might have been April something of 1993, Elliot uh, Friedman wrote about this in 30 Thoughts, by the way, so I was really, uh, I really respected Eric for what he did and how he forced the NHL's hand and got his way and and although some people might might not have liked it, we as players knew that it was going to have a big impact on us. In particular, we were pretty certain that it was going to accelerate to our salaries. And so um, there was a face-off in the first round. I made a save, and then uh, whistle blew. There's going to be a face-off in our own zone. But there was a bit of a scrum right by my net, and I happened to look up, and there was Eric standing, or he was kind of hunched over right by me. So... Uh, I kind of put my head down. I didn't want the fans to know that we're chatting at all and uh, trying to look professional. And I said, hey, Eric, I said, I really want to thank you for what you've done. And uh, we players really appreciate it. And he said something like, yeah, no problem. And then game went on and I, we never discussed it again. But uh, that's basically how most of us felt about what he did, that he was so brave. Uh, our, our association was changing dramatically from uh, – when Alan Eagleson was running it, and then uh, Bob Goodnow took over, and there were lots of changes. It was exciting for all of us because we were starting to get paid more money, and, and Eric was a big part of that. See, I, you'd, Kelly, you never told me that before, and that's a really interesting story because obviously part of the way Lindros, well, a big part of how he's remembered 
is is that trade or the or the the two that I joked about? Obviously, it was the Philadelphia yeah. one that wound up being the. The, the real one, but a lot of, especially Canadian fans, won't forgive him for that because you're supposed to go where you're drafted, and you know he's he's the reason Quebec left, and we a lot of he, he that we lost a Canadian Canadian team. But you think most players were totally on board with him saying, "No, I'm not. I won't go to that team, even if you draft me." Yeah, and it wouldn't have been a move I would have uh, pulled, and and I was not one to hold out either if, if I thought that my contract wasn't sufficient enough but that doesn't mean that I still didn't uh, respect guys that did it for their own reasons and and for you know it was a rapidly changing scene so when I first joined I mean the team basically told you how much you're going to make for how many years you're going to sign and that threatened you to go down if you didn't sign the contract and all these different things were uh, in play um, but so in 1989 Wayne was traded in 88, so 1989, that summer, that's when the biggest change started to happen, when the players uh, decided to make a change from Alan Eagleson to Bob Goodnow, and then we all had to sort of get our head around it. In order for this to work properly and to be legit, we had to go for salary disclosure, because remember before that, mm-hmm. read, none of us really knew. In fact, it was... It was so dishonest. I was in the midst of a contract negotiation with uh, the New York Islanders, and there was an agent, uh, and he contacted me. I wasn't using him. I think he was trying to recruit me, frankly, but I I don't know. I never really got to that. But he had a client that was doing really well, and I was kind of comparing myself to his client, uh, and he was telling me what he negotiated for his client, and it was quite a substantial amount more than what I was making. And... And after, and that was like, I don't know, a year or two before salary disclosure came out, and I didn't know if I really trusted this guy that much. And lo and behold, when salary disclosure came out, I found out that that goaltender that he was representing was not making anywhere near that kind of salary. So that was the kind of dishonest stuff that was going on that, you know, you couldn't really trust what you're being told. And in today's world, it's all out there for everybody to know. And maybe... At that point, being a professional athlete is a little bit embarrassing because we weren't making as much money, not even close, whereas I don't think there's a hockey player today that would be embarrassed with his salary. Yeah, well, I'm with you on that point for sure. Kelly Rudy joining us inside sports on 630 Chad. Of course, we have the Oilers and Kings coming up later on tonight. The game will start at 830 as Edmonton tries to uh, find the back of the net a little more. I want to ask Kelly about that too. But first, Kelly, uh, I started the show with a bit of a Simpson story. And Wayne Gretzky will be uh, a voice on the Simpsons on December 4th. Now, you as an incredibly handsome and charismatic athlete playing in Los Angeles at the peak of your career. Did, did you ever have any acting opportunities? I can't remember. <laughs> I did. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But I had a couple of cameo appearances on some Canadian television shows uh, since uh, I started my broadcasting career. Uh, they're both speaking roles. One was uh, Ron McLean and I did a cameo uh, during the, or for the Beachcombers movie. And I can't. I think that was in 2004, somewhere in around that. And that was kind of fun. Uh, and then uh, 2002, there's a Canadian television show called. Uh, I wrote it down because I, I knew I wouldn't remember. Tom Stone. It was kind of like the Rockford Files, kind of like Canada's oh, nice. version. And okay. that was kind of a funky show. And I, 
I played a policeman in that uh, episode, and that was kind of fun. I had some talking uh, spots. I had it was an action scene. We're chasing down. We're in a gunfight and all this. It was, it was kind of cool. But going back to my first big time experience, I had five separate uh, um, scenes in the soap opera General Hospital. Uh, that was really cool. Uh, we were with LA, of course, and I think there's four or five of us that had the opportunity to go on set and the, the staff, the crew, everybody's really great to us and, and treated us really well. We didn't have speaking parts, but the one that scared the pants off me, so in this scene, I was gonna be a piano player in a restaurant. And uh, so the dinner scene is about to start and I had an IFB in my ear, so nobody told me much about when to start playing or, you know, all, <laughs> all I can remember is sitting at the seat, piano in front of me and I hear, and action. So I'm saying, oh, geez, I better pretend I'm playing the piano. And about three or four seconds later, then I hear music in my ear. That's finally when the piano started up. <laughs> and and then I hear like a few seconds later, cut, cut, cut. The director's mad because somebody screwed up. And I'm saying, oh, it's me. I mean, I don't know if anybody's paying attention to the piano player in the background, but I'm pretending I'm playing. There's no music in the scene yet. Luckily for me, one of the actors uh, screwed up a line or so, so I knew next time when we did the scene that I didn't, I couldn't start playing the piano or pretend to play the piano until <laughs> music came in my ears. So that one scared the pants off me. It was kind of fun to uh, be around those people, but man alive, were they ever talented. I was just blown away by how those people, those actors almost never made a mistake. It was just one take for virtually every scene and they, they just, it was, fascinating to see how talented they were oh that's awesome i i i had no idea that you uh you got to play a bit of a musician uh kelly before i let you go the, the oilers i got the stat here uh 115 shots on goal in their last three games they've scored four times uh, i mean look obviously they they haven't been a team that has scored a lot given where they've been in the standings but in recent years, we've talked a lot about them being boxed out of games and not even getting any good scoring opportunities. I think they've had the puck around the net a, a fair bit, but, um, you know, I think a lack of finish, and I think they're starting to think about it a little bit. You know, I know you were a goaltender, so it wasn't your job to score the goals, but certainly you've been around guys who probably yeah. felt like, oh, my God, am I ever going to score again? Yeah, and that's the key, right? So uh, I think what my role was when... I, were, I was around guys that were struggling, and I could definitely tell. What I really tried to do was, uh, first of all, uh, keep them uh, with good spirits. Keep it light. So not don't harp on them, all that kind of stuff. And oftentimes, I would do extra things and practice with them. And I, you know what I'd do? I'd, I'd just go through the little things with them. I'd force them or remind them, Every single time you're shooting on me in practice, shoot to score. This isn't to warm me up. This isn't anything about me. Make sure you're doing the little things that you need to do. And, and that means, like, move your feet. Even in practice, make sure you're going as hard as you can so it's similar to game speed. Get open. Be ready for a pass. All these simple little things work hard, and it, it usually worked. And my really my, my key was... Honestly, it had to start in practice. And those guys in practice, if you get hot, you it will carry over into a game. But if you just go through practice 
as though it doesn't really matter if you score and, you know, maybe the shot's not as good as I wanted or not as sharp, I'm not as crisp. It carries over. Uh, I mean, it's a fact that it starts there. And here's the other thing about that oiler team because I've, I've been telling you every week that i'm a big fan and everything you will get tested every year there's especially in today's nhl it's harder than ever so there will be times where your mental toughness is challenged they've proven to me early in this season that they're a different team um like in the mental aspect of it so they have to remind themselves that it's not always oh, me it's not going back to how it used to be we just need to play well as a team, strong defensively, and we'll work our way out of this. Yeah, well, they'll try again tonight against uh, a team that's not doing that great either, the L.A. Kings. Kelly, yeah. thanks so much for your stories tonight. Great stuff. We'll do this again next week. Uh, I know you've been busy, buddy, so take care. Enjoy the next few days. Thanks, Reed. Have a great night, bud. That is former NHL goaltender, now television analyst, and former soap opera cameo appearer. Kelly Rudy joining us inside sports on 630 Chad. Hey, you can always text us at 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins. The email is inside sports at 630Ched.com. Jay Onright is coming up in about 12 minutes. We'll check your out-of-town scoreboard when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Thursday night football about to kick off. Four and five New Orleans taking on three and six Carolina. Your scoreboard brought to you by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, visit crystalglass.ca. In the NHL, the Lightning lead the Sabres 2-0 in the second period. Steve Stamko out possibly four to six months with a knee problem. By the way, Johnny Goudreau for the Flames could miss up to six weeks after having finger surgery. The Flyers lead the Jets 3-1 in the second period. After one, Toronto has jumped out to a 3-1 lead on the Panthers. Also after the first, it's Nashville 2, Ottawa 1. In the first period, Sharks 1, Blues nothing. No score early between the Bruins and the Wild. Still to come tonight, Avalanche at the Stars. Vancouver is home to Arizona. The Devils meet the Ducks. And of course, right here on 630 Ched. Face off in a little over two hours. The Edmonton Oilers will take on the Los Angeles Kings. Mike Trout is the AL MVP. Chris Bryant from the Cubs is the NL MVP. We're back with Jay Onright inside sports on 630 Jet. Hi, this is Jay Onright from FS1. Or from Athabasca. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chan. Well, that's appropriate. We're going to have Jay on the show right away. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Oilers and Kings coming up. We'll have the face-off show starting at 7. Game starts at 8.30. Jack Michaels, Bob Stoffer, Rob Brown all joining me on the air for that one. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. It is 6.34. So uh, here's what's coming up sports-wise in the next few days on 6.30, Chet. Oilers and Kings tonight on Saturday. We'll have the Oilers at the Dallas Stars. That'll be a 3.30 face-off show. The puck drop will be at 5. And then on Sunday, 
a 9.30 a.m. pregame show, 11 o'clock kickoff, the CFL's East Final. The Edmonton Eskimos visiting the Ottawa Red Blacks, and you'll hear from Eskimos defensive back Brandon Thompson coming up in this half hour of the show. Gavin texting 630-630. He says, hey, Reed, I noticed that Eberly is having... Uh, a problem shooting the one-timer, wondering if it's a confidence problem with his shot. Well, I don't know if it's confidence, but, but I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot last season, too, that the Oilers don't really have anybody that frequently one-times the puck, and, and you would hope Eberly would do it a little more because he often gets the puck from either Nugent Hopkins or McDavid on his off wing on the power play, and he came into training camp saying that he worked on his one-timer, by my count, because I've kind of been keeping an, an informal count in my head, Everly's tried one one-timer in the preseason and one in the regular season. If, if somebody can remember more than those two, you can let me know. So I was hoping he would add it to his repertoire, and we haven't seen it. And we all know even when he stops the puck, he has a tendency to, to dust it off instead of just whipping it on net. I mean, and look... Sometimes it's hard for players to change these habits. I'm not saying you have to like it. It's a habit I think we'd all like Jordan Eberle to change, that he, that he fired away a little quicker in some of those situations. But, Gavin, I, I think you're, you're noticing there that he, uh, he hasn't been firing away as much as we hoped. All right, I want to welcome back to Inside Sports one of my good friends. He works on Fox Sports 1 in beautiful Los Angeles, and he's a big Edmonton Oilers fan. It's Jay Onright. Jay, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Boy, it's great to be on with you. Uh, a legend uh, like Bob Layton. Uh, you don't you don't turn down the opportunity to be on a radio show with Bob Layton. When Bob Layton asks you to be on a, a radio show, uh, and especially uh, six thirty, Chad, you absolutely say yes and you get on the phone. So Bob, thrilled to be on with you, and uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. No, Jay, it's it's me, oh. Reed, Reed Reed Wilkins. Reed, Reed Wilkins doing the. Oh, oh, Reed Wilkins, yes. Yes, I've, uh, yeah, okay, I guess that's fine. That's fine then. Okay, well, let's, let's do this, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Well, it is good to have you on the show, buddy. Have you, have, have you, have you ever forgot who you were interviewing? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Um, no, but, uh, just yesterday we were doing our show down here and, uh, you know, pe- people might remember we did a, a show in, in, on TSN called Sports Center, and uh, at the end of the show, what we because we we're bad broadcasters, me and, and my broadcast and life partner Dan O'Toole, uh, we we would all, we have a you blew it segment because we would make so many mistakes, we would point them out. And now, because we're in LA, and when we meet all these celebrities, we have celebrity people say you blew it at the end. And on yesterday's show, it was U.S. national soccer team star Carly Lloyd. But when it came up on the screen, I didn't know who it was. So I, I looked at Dan for a second, like with a blank look on my face, like, is that like the third lead on, um, like, How I Met Your Mother or something like that? So, so I guess the bottom line is, no, I haven't forgotten, but certainly I, I don't have a knack for faces. Oh, that's classic. Well, you got to brush up on your U.S. women's soccer team uh, pictures, I guess. You should just be sitting in your computer well, looking at pictures of the U.S. women's soccer team. Yeah, and, and, and Fox down here is the home of, of U.S. soccer, so I really should know these things a little bit better. So, uh, 
apologies to uh, to the good folks of the U.S. Uh, women's soccer team, uh, except for Abby Wambach, uh, who's a big jerk, as all Canadians know. Right. <laughs> So, so the show you're doing now, and I see clips online, and uh, when you first started with this format, you would send me some video links and stuff like that. Are you always interviewing um, an athlete, or sometimes might you talk to maybe an actor or a musician uh, who's a, who's a huge, maybe a huge sports fan? How, how, what kind of guests are you bringing in? Yeah, they're all over the map. We do have a lot of athletes, obviously. Um, we do have uh, some some Fox people. So in the last few days, we've had, I'll just give you an idea. We've had uh, on Monday, Vince Staples, who some of your, uh, your hip-hop fans in Edmonton may know is a huge up-and-coming hip-hop star. Uh, he was on Monday and turned out to be a terrific guy. And then uh, Tuesday, we had Kurt Menefee, the host of the NFL on Fox. He has a new book out terrific book if you get a chance pick it up he interviews people who are known for being legendary losers in professional and amateur sports so people who have fallen off the balance beam uh missed that triple sal cow uh you know gone wide right on the at the super bowl for the buffalo bills uh, so he was on it was a terrific interview and then yesterday we had uh, a comedian on Andrew Santino. So we're all over the map. It's a fun show. And I believe it's on now in Canada on Fox Sports Racing. Because when you think of Jay and Dan, you think of Fox Sports Racing. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you told me that because I'll have to try to find that channel. I might have to put my antenna back up maybe to get it, or I'm not really sure. Well, yeah. I mean, nobody can find the channel. We're on FS1 down here, and no one can find the channel. Our slogan of our show is. The Jay and Dan Show, I'll have to try to find that channel. That's the actual slogan of the show. So it's really not a good sign for us long-term. Uh, well, well, I know you're having fun. Did you miss doing the highlights at all? Because that's, I mean, you used to put so much humor into your highlights, and you guys would do that. Like, you, you talked about the you blew it segment, and you like making... Uh, you know, the pop culture references, and, and you, you got the whole Bobrovsky thing going. Do you, do you miss doing, like, a full-on 60-minute highlight show like you did, or is this a nice sort of new path for you, do you think? Uh, it's, it's both, I think. I like the new path. I love that we're able to, to, you know, we always, people always said, well, you guys should do, like, a daily show for sports, and that's kind of what we're doing now. And it's a ton of fun, but I do miss the highlights. They're, the highlights, Thing down here in the states, uh, they've just abandoned it altogether. The the idea being that people can find their highlights on their phones, on their tablets. And while I I admit that's true, I still, and I'm sure you're still the same way. I still like kicking back at the end of the day with a cold IPA from the Morinville Brewery and enjoying a highlight show. You know, I, I like a highlight show. I like having all my highlights in one little spot, and I like someone with personality delivering them. So uh, I definitely do miss the highlights, but, uh, but uh, the new direction is great, too. You know, the Morinville Tourism Association really should be sending you a check because every time, you know, <laughs> it's always a plug for the beautiful town of Morinville. So I don't know Listen, if I just want people. Uh, I don't know if people know enough about Warrenville. If they're heading out, you know, maybe people are living on the south end of the city. They don't head north of St. Albert that much. They've got to get to Morinville and experience all that city has to offer, including the Morinville Brewery, where they make a mean IPA with a lot of hops. 
right. Well, we'll have to verify that. <laughs> Jay Onright from Fox Sports 1 joining us here on Inside Sports. Hey, uh, the Oilers are in town, in your town. I, I know you went to the game uh, last season. I, I, I want to say it ended 5-4 for L.A. Uh, they built up a lead and the Oilers couldn't uh, quite come back. I mean, is there any – I don't know how many hockey fans you work with. When I visited your office a couple of years ago, uh, it, it seemed there was uh, limited interest in the NHL. Do, do people talk about McDavid coming to town, or you know, or is this just like you're excited about the game and you have nobody to talk to about it? Yeah, unfortunately, it's the latter, Reid. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's the latter. And, you know, it's amazing because, again, it's, it's kind of a testament to the way – the NHL still cannot market their own young stars. Um, you know, you have a you have the best young player in the world coming to town. You'd think there'd at least be some talk about it. You'd think there'd be some effort to get him out on some of the local radio shows or, or talk shows. But so far, that just hasn't uh, hasn't materialized, at least to my knowledge. Um, you know, the thing with this town right now, Reed is it's, uh, it's a basketball town right now. You know, uh, the Dodgers, it's over. Baseball's over. So now the focus is the Lakers and the Clippers. And, uh, unfortunately, the Kings and the Ducks are very much, uh, you know, popular with the fan base that they have. But in terms of getting, you know, a lot of media exposure throughout the city, uh, unfortunately, it's just not happening. But keep in mind, it is, uh, you know, 24 degrees here. And it's again, maybe that's an excuse. Maybe it's hard for people to wrap their heads around hockey when you're still wearing shorts to work. Now, I, I want to ask you, because you and I discussed, uh, I mean, sometimes when we would just sit around and BS, we talked, we would always joke, well, L.A. doesn't have an NFL team. Now they do. Um, and you, you were always skeptical about whether fans would rally around having an NFL team again. What's it been like with the Rams back there? It's okay. I will say this. The fact that it's the Rams and the Rams have history here makes a big difference. Okay. Um, there are a lot of there's there's a genuine fan base here that existed 20 years ago and way beyond that uh, that are hardcore Rams fans. So, you know, it was a lot. It would have been a lot different if, the, say, the Chargers had come. I think there would have been a lot more indifference about that. But because the Rams do have the history, it's gone over actually quite well today. In fact. They just broke ground literally today on their brand-new stadium that they are building in Inglewood. So the interesting thing is that if you follow the U.S. elections, uh, I don't know, we have a new president down here, Reed, pretty popular guy, <laughs> Donald Trump, once hosted a reality show called The Apprentice. may have heard of him. He's going to be running the show. But also in that election, you vote on all sorts of different you know, proposals and ballots and propositions. And one of the things that the city of San Diego voted on was whether to increase their hotel room tax to help build a new stadium for the Chargers, and that was overwhelmingly voted down. So now the question is, does the Spanos family, which owns the Chargers, they've got first right to come and be the second tenant in the brand-new L.A. stadium. If they don't do it, then the Oakland Raiders surely will do that because the Raiders do also have a great fan base here in Los Angeles. You might even say a bigger fan base than the Rams do because the Raiders were the cool team in the NWA days. So I think that the Chargers are on their way here. Very interesting to see how that goes for them. 
because they're very much a San Diego thing, not an L.A. thing. So I think it's going to be a lot longer for them to build up a fan base in the Los Angeles area. All right. Well, that's an interesting story to follow. Jay, before I let you go, I, I want you to make a pick here. Help us out with our first goal of the game contest that we're going to have on the face-off show when uh, for the Oilers and the Kings. I know earlier in the season you you, uh, you called in and, and you picked Sean Podine, which you then corrected yeah. to Adam Larson. Um, so, unfortunately, you, you didn't help with as the celebrity recommender that night. What's your recommendation for the first goal for the Oilers tonight? I want to apologize to everyone. That was a mistake. Uh, I just happened to have been a big Shajan Podine fan. Hey, I'm uh, I'm the Podine parent, so what do I want to name my kid? Sean. All right. Well, how about we spell it in a way that makes absolutely no sense to anyone on the planet? We'll put a J in there. What do you think? Perfect. We'll screw the kid's life up forever. Good thing he became an NHL player. It didn't affect him too much. Here's my pick, Reed, for the goal scorer tonight. I know he's going to break out of a long slump. I'm excited. Magnus Pyarvi Svensson. Look out for this guy. MPS is going to be burying the biscuit in the basket. And so look for Magnus Pyarvi to really light it up for the oil tonight. All right, Jay. I've made him know that, buddy. Uh, (laughs) We'll see how MPS does. Hey, thanks so much for your time. We'll do this again soon, okay? Looking forward to it, buddy. Oh, wait, can I change that? I understand Magnus is not on the team anymore. You can change it. I just got that information. I got that information. Okay, I'm going to change it to Milan Lucic. Uh, He's going to be fired up. He's back in L.A. So let's go with Milan Lucic. Thanks, Jay. I have noted that for the face-off show. We'll do the first goal of the game contest during the face-off show, and we'll, we'll Jay's recommendation, not Magnus Pierre Svensson. He's going with Milan Lucic. The face-off show is going to start just after 7. Always great to have Jay on the show, working hard for Fox Sports 1 in Los Angeles. Grew up in the thriving metropolis of Athabasca. Big game coming up for the Eskimos. Brandon Thompson will play for the green and gold against Ottawa on Sunday. It was the opposite in last year's Grey Cup. He's coming up. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. The Eskimos leave for Ottawa tomorrow. The East Semi, or, or pardon me, the East Final is Sunday morning. You can get it right here on 630 Chad. Defensive back Brandon Thompson, now an Eskimo, was with the Red Blacks last season. I mean, honestly, I try not to think about it at all. Yeah. Um, you know, especially in football, probably more so than other sports, like each year is a new year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see it all the time, teams that maybe were at the bottom of the division one year, the next year, they're at the top. Shoot, we, that's what happened in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So uh, each year is different. So I really I try not to think about it at all. Um, you know, I've been asked a lot of questions about, you know, my buddies over there. And this is a small league anyway. A lot of these guys, we all know each other anyway. So, you know, just being across on the different white lines, is, it's going to be fun, man. Lot, has there been a lot of texting between former teammates and a little bit of trash talking in the lead-up? I mean, honestly, I talk I talk to my guys really every week. Yeah. So, you know, this week's no different. Holler at them usually at the beginning of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, talk a little ish. Usually we compare notes, but this week, obviously, we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it'll be fun, man. Magical year last year. I mean, considering what happened in 2014, it was a tough year with just two wins, and you're 12-6, and six, I believe, in uh, first place. And the miracle with uh, Henry Burris, the Greg Ellingson. Uh, tell me about your time as a Red Black and, and how special was it, especially 15? Yeah, no complaints, man, no complaints. Uh, you know, 
that whole organization over there, I've always showed my gratitude to them mm -hmm. for one, just giving me an opportunity to really play as a professional. Mm -hmm. um, I got to play in the NFL a little bit, but definitely not at the level that I got an opportunity to there. Mm -hmm. So I was always forever grateful to them for that. And then, you know, just to be a part of the process of trying to build something. Um, I think as a competitor, uh, you enjoy that, you mm -hmm. know, to be able to take and be a part of the growth of a team. And it's been the same thing here, you know, coming in where we were, you know, mid-August uh, to how we've grown now. Mm -hmm. uh, as a competitor, that's what you want, man, to be a part of something special, to be a part of something moving in the direction uh, of winning a championship because, I mean, mm -hmm. let's be honest, that's why we all do it. You know? <laughs> I remember when you signed, you said you were really excited about just because of the team and they're, you know, the defending breakup champions, but you mentioned Jason Moss, who was the offensive coordinator with the Red Blacks last year when you were on the, on, on the team. Tell me about Jason Moss, the offensive coordinator, if you if you had much interaction with him in that area, obviously not because you're on the defense, more of an observer. But but now you know Jason Moss as an OC compared to Jason Moss as a head coach. Well, one thing about Moss, man, uh, I, I've always said this. I'm on record of saying this that you know I felt like he was the biggest difference between my first year in Ottawa and my second year in Ottawa. Um, just really with his concepts and different things that he does on offense. Mm -hmm. For one, it challenged us as a defense in practice to really make sure we're on our P's and Q's. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw so much different movement and concepts and different things. When we got into the game, it was definitely a lot slower for us, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that helped us last year defensively. And I think it's been the same thing here in Edmonton. You know, as the weeks go on, I think the defense has collectively been better and better. And a big piece of that is just having to go against a Jason Moss offense every day. So, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously he's really good at what he does and uh, happy I'm on his side. <laughs> uh, when you describe the red-black defense, is it just they have a whole bunch of guys that can fit into Mark Nelson's system, and, and it's a nice balance all across the board from D-line, linebacker, secondary. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh this is, what, the third year that a lot of those guys have in that system. And, you know, with time comes confidence. Mm -hmm. And I really think it's that simple. I mean, I think you could use that example with our defense. I always keep coming back to our defense because it's just how I'm built. But uh, time brings confidence. You know, guys play together longer. You're kind of running the same things over and over. We practice the same things over and over. Eventually, it becomes like clockwork. Henry Eskimos defensive back Brandon Thompson in discussion with our Dave Campbell. More on the green and gold on the Eskimos page on 630Ched.com. More on the East Final tomorrow on Inside Sports. Henry Burris, Ottawa quarterback, will be on the show. All right, we're going to transition into the face-off show after the 7 o'clock news. You're going to hear from Connor McDavid. Bob Stoffer will hop on. And I'll also have a conversation with new Hall of Famer, former Kings goaltender, Rogi Vashon. Thanks to our Inside Sports guests tonight, Jay Onright and Kelly Rudy. We're back after the news to get you ready for the Oilers and the Kings. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.